Welcome back to Share the Rock. I'm very happy to have two of my good friends, Dean and Jack, both from college. What's up, guys? How are you? What's going on? Thanks for having us on. Thank cool. you. I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. Um, so before we jump into you know what we're going to talk about today, uh, I want to give both these guys a shout out. Um, they both have their own show called Agree, uh, called Agree to Disagree, which I'm a big fan of. You know, I listen to it all the time when I'm driving, whenever. Uh, they give great analysis on NBA, NFL, all sports, and I always look forward to new content from them. So uh, if you like sports, if you like Share the Rock, you know, please check out uh, check out Agree to Disagree. Happy to have both you guys on. Uh, so. Let's jump into the NBA draft here. So uh, there is a whole lot to unpack from the draft last night. Uh, while we didn't see a ton of movement in the lottery in terms of trades and unexpected picks and things of that nature, there were still some major surprises you know, in the first round. Um, I think Tyrese Halliburton going number 12 to Sacramento was one of the huge ones for me. I think he has a really uh, diverse skill set. I think he'll be great at the NBA level. I don't know how he fell to 12, but th- th- I-, I don't know if you guys agree with that, but that was pretty crazy to me. Uh, Jalen Smith at number 10, who I'll also talk about later, was a complete shock, especially with guys like Keir Lewis, uh, Devin Vassell, Cole Anthony still on the board there. Uh, he was really good at Maryland, but I just did not expect him to go number 10, especially to Phoenix when, um, where they already have Aiton starting there at the center position. Uh, the last guy I want to talk about before I hand it over to one of you guys is uh, Patrick Williams going to the Bulls at four. Uh, and all the pre-draft buzz, or uh, sorry, post-draft buzz, I don't really hear people talking about Pat Williams, but I think that's a great pick for them. I watched him at Florida State. He can do it all. And I think Chicago really got it right. You know, they, uh, There were some other guys Chicago was projected to pick other than Pat Williams, but I really think they hit a home run there. So uh, I just want to ask both of you, what was your reaction to the draft and have those thoughts changed since the draft last night? Uh, you want to start, Kay? I'm sure, yeah. Uh, the draft was pretty solid. Um, you, like you said, definitely a lot of a couple surprising picks. Uh, Williams going at number four, that really, really stood out. Um, Hale Burton, he really fell. I think I don't think anyone saw that one coming. Uh, a lot of surprises. Uh, Denny, Denny fell a little bit. He was projected to go number four. Right. Uh, I don't remember. Did he fall outside the top ten? He was number nine to Washington. He, he went number nine. Nine, yeah, yeah. Or. or I, I can never say his name. Or Oroko, he went a little earlier than I. Than Okoro, I Okoro, yeah. Okoro, Okoro. Yeah, Okoro. Oh, my God. Okoro went a lot earlier than anticipated. So the top ten had a lot of interesting moves. I wasn't thrilled with, of course, my team, the New York Knicks. I'm not – I don't hate it, but I don't love it. But – so overall, it was a solid and solid draft. Um, I was afraid the Timberwolves were going to be stupid. They were going to take Lamella Ball with the number one pick. I'm glad they didn't do that. So they got a nice, they got a big three they can probably build around. The Warriors were looking like they were going to be really set with James Wiseman, but unfortunately the news came out today about Clay Thompson. I wish him a speedy recovery. But overall, teams they the teams that are trying to like teams that were trying to contend in the top, they did a solid job. So I'm not going to complain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I couldn't say enough about this draft. I was very happy with how it went. Uh, minus a few surprises, I actually uh, disagree with Pat Williams going number four to the Bulls. I thought it should have been Denny um, Avdija. <laughs> I, just, I, I just thought he was the better player. I thought, you know, w- when you have a guy like that, you pick the best player there, and I thought Denny was that guy for the Bulls. But Pat Williams could be a surprise. Um the Timberwolves didn't make a mistake going number one with Anthony Edwards. I think he could be uh, very good with D'Lo and Cat. Uh, the Warriors was a little surprising. I mean, listen, James Wiseman was the most logical pick, of course, but it just because the Clay Thompson injury, I thought, you know, what do they do from here? Do does their approach change? And but they still go with Wiseman, who is still a uh, the most. It was a safe bet. 
it was a safe bet pick. Uh, the biggest deal, I would say, is uh, Naismith uh, going to Boston. And yeah. I would say um, Talk about that, the yeah. kid from Serbia who played for Olympiacos, uh, he was supposed to go to the Timberwolves, but that Alexei Pokushevsky. He's a slim Jim. He's a slim Jim. That's all he is from what I've seen. I think that was a steal. <laughs> I think that, that that that's a nice way to put it. Uh, but yes, yeah, yeah. So I was just gonna say, uh, I think that was great what you said. I just, I think a shocker for me in the top ten. I think he's top top eight talent, but just to see Onyeka Ongonku go to Atlanta of all places, I don't think that's the best fit for him. Uh, they already have John Collins, uh, Clint Capello, so I don't, I don't really see why they would take him, especially when Trey Young kind of needs a backcourt partner. They had Halliburton right there, so yeah, that was that great. yeah. Trey and Halliburton, right? Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. So I, I, think Cam Reddish, even I think Cam Reddish is going to take a big step forward this year. Right. I don't know why. I have a good feeling about him. Right. Yeah. And just what I was saying before with Phoenix at number 10, why why, why, why take Jalen Smith there? I, I don't really – I don't get that. They could have used uh, Devin Vassell perfect. I mean, they just traded away Kelly Oubre in the Chris Paul trade. So why would they not take one of the best 3 and D prospects in this class? And why would they go with the – I mean, I'm just asking you guys, why, why do you think they'd go with Smith over someone like Vassell? Do you know what I didn't. I didn't listen. I mean, we criticized Vassell, uh, me and Jack, on our other show, agree and disagree about his uh, no jumper. And I honestly think him to the Spurs is not a bad idea. There's a lot of picks. I don't want to change the topic. That I thought, you know, they went well with their fit. I think this is one of them. Mm-hmm. But I think for the Spurs, they could could have gone with somebody else besides Vassell. I think Halliburton could have been an option. Um, maybe Cole Anthony. But I, I just, I don't know how I feel about this pick. Right. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I just, yeah, just like watching the draft and hearing Adam Silver say Jalen Smith to Phoenix was, I didn't expect that at all. I mean, he was, again, he was good at Maryland, but having eight in there, I just, and honestly, a theme in this draft was uh, teams picking prospects kind of based off of best talent available as opposed yeah. to team yeah. fit, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, go, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, go ahead, Jack. Go ahead. If you're gonna... Yeah, no, absolutely. What you said, I thought Aaron Naismith would have been perfect there at number 10 for the mm-hmm. Phoenix Suns. He could fill right into that role. Kelly Oubre didn't have, mm-hmm. but like you said, this was a strange draft because this draft I feel was is very very different from what last year's draft was. Last year was all about the top. It was all Zion and John Moran, pretty much everybody else in that draft. Nobody, you can honestly say nobody was hyped up about this draft. However, you can honestly say for the top ten, you don't know who's going to be the realistically you don't know who's going to be the best out of them. Right. No, this, this draft didn't have that one guy that you look at above the rest. Right. There's so no. Go ahead, Dan. Go ahead. You can go if you want. No, no, go. You, you got it. Thank you. There was no. I was gonna say there was no. There was no clear cut guy. There wasn't that big name guy. I mean, yes, some will say Lamelo Ball because obviously right. the Ball family is a big market name, big market uh, family. But there wasn't the guy I think that was like a clear cut guy. You know, years ago when Anthony Davis went number one, that was the that was the main guy. This te- this draft didn't have that, but they all. What this draft did have was all a bunch of young talent, a bunch of talented players. Uh, some we expected to go somewhere good fit, as uh, Lucas and Jack mentioned, and some were just you know reaches, a surprise. Uh, Jalen Smith, like you said, is one of them. Although he has played power forward before, I just think a team like the Nets possibly could have used him or somebody else. But right. 
I mean, with Phoenix, maybe he does play power forward. Maybe they move him to power forward. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that works out. Um, I just would have liked to see Smith because I was a big Smith fan at uh, Maryland. I think he has a lot of potential. I just kind of want to see him in the right place. Um, something you said that I, I I think segues well into what I want to talk about next. Uh, with at least with Ball, Lamelo Ball, uh, I think that Charlotte for him is a really bad and upsetting landing spot for him to be at because. They are. They already have. You know, as me and Jack were mentioning earlier, they have. Like as I was mentioning earlier, me and me and Jack were saying, this draft has been the theme of this draft is like teams drafting best based off of best available players. Excuse my stuttering. Best available players opposed to team fit and need, and they already have Terry Rozier and Devonte Graham. So I just I don't really understand the ball pick there because now they have three ball dominant guards that's going to be you know uh, controlling the rock on offense and kind of taking all the shots. So. Can you guys speak to the fit that he'll have on Charlotte versus maybe somewhere else such as the Knicks or another team that really did need a point guard? Now, here, do you want, you want to go first, Dean, or? Go ahead. Start it off. Sorry. I don't know. It's hard. It's okay. It's okay. You're good. Yeah. All right. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I do agree with you said. It could have been a little surprising. I will say this for this year. I don't think... I will say this year. Yes, you're right. You have Terry Rozier, Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham, we know he's locked in as of right now. We don't know what Lamelo's gonna Lamelo Ball is gonna be. He's probably right now. You would you would call him the face of that franchise. Terry Rozier, although he did they did pay him a lot of money, I don't think he's a long he's a long term. He's a, he's gonna be there long term. I think they'll try to move him after this season. Yeah. Or they'll try and get rid of get out of that contract. But at least for this season, I do think. The Hornets will kind of run a similar lineup to what the Thunder did last year. It would when they had Schroeder, SGA, and Chris Paul on the court last right. year. That was rated as the most efficient lineup in the NBA when they were out there. Well, three of them were out there. And they weren't have expected to make the playoffs, the Thunder weren't last year. Yeah, so. exactly. And they had yeah. one of the most efficient lineups. A three-guard right. system can work. It's just about the coach putting it together. All the players willing to accept the role are two of them willing to play off the ball. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting in how how that develops. That's gonna be the biggest story. Can the three of them play together? Yeah, absolutely. Now, I actually disagree with you guys. I actually, although I did, I, well, I didn't have faith in Lamelo Ball and in, heading into the draft. I actually do like him in Charlotte. Um, you know, I'm not a fan of Rozier. They could maybe they, this could be tough to do. Trade him away, or probably send a pick as well. They do have Devontae Graham. They could use a three guard system. But I think Lamelo Ball. He's a good shooter. He could be a decent playmaker for the Hornets. Um, I honestly, there could have been other teams that use him. Yes, but. I think the fit in Charlotte is better for him than in Minnesota. If he went to Minnesota, then I don't think he would have had a place, especially with D'Angelo Russell right there. Um, I think Charlotte could definitely open up many opportunities for LaMelo Ball. I just feel like the best place, just to your point, I feel like the best place for LaMelo to thrive in the NBA is a place where – they need a point guard more than anything else because it's like LaMelo dominates the ball. Uh, his main uh, skill set this year, especially, you know, we've seen in the, his highlight tapes has been his passing more than anything. You know, he's not known for his defense. He's not really known for his shooting. He's really known for uh, eight, 10 assists a game, getting everyone involved. So I just think with a team, like the main reason I criticize Charlotte picking him is because they have that. You know, they had an they had a borderline most improved player last year and Devontae Graham already, who's, you know, hitting a ton of threes. He can provide a scoring and offense for them. So I just want I mean, honestly, like I can't believe I'm saying this, but l- now that the draft's over, I kinda wish the Knicks traded up for him because getting that guy on 
like in a Knicks uniform, not only I'm not saying I'm Obi was a bad pick or well, we'll talk about that later or he would have, you know, it's box office. yeah, he's, but that's box the, office. that's what I'm saying. Like you need that dude to bring other dudes in. Just like Stephen A said, you would say you need that dude. Cause that dude to bring other guys. So I just, that's, that's my point. You know, that's, that's, that's all I really have to say. That, that's just what yeah. I think. I mean, so I saw something yesterday, you know, you could criticize a guy like LeVar Ball all you want. I don't want to shift the subjects, but He's done well as daddy, as a marketing guy, as a businessman. He's a genius. He's box office, and that's what his sons are too. That's you know, the Knicks. I feel like haven't had that box office guy, that big name, and you know, for Lamelo Ball Mello. to go to the Knicks yeah. as a guard and especially a big name like that and a big last name, many fans and especially going to the Mecca of basketball would be drawn into Knicks basketball because of that man right there. Right. Yeah, I actually disagree with you guys on that one. I think for well, I want to hear I want to hear Luke's thoughts on Obi in a minute. But right. I actually disagree with you. I don't think Lamelo Ball is a good fit for the Knicks because the Knicks they already are the most dysfunctional organization. They're already <laughs> the biggest clown show. We don't need Lavar Ball added into that equation to hear right. Lavar Ball and James Dolan going at it on Twitter or or anywhere else. I don't need to see that. Well, instead, Jack, you're going to get Michael Jordan and Lavar Ball going at each other one on one on the court. Yeah, yeah well. Lavar Ball can beat Michael Jordan one on one. You guys know that? Yeah, of course. I don't even question. Could, I still think the Lamelo could have gone elsewhere. Um, this may be a little stretch, but Atlanta or Detroit, I think Lamelo could have. Thrived. I think, especially if Lamelo was with Atlanta, I think him and Trey Young would would have been a perfect duo. I think Atlanta, Atlanta Detroit or Atlanta, Detroit or Atlanta, I think would yeah, have I been. I agree. Yeah, Atlanta's uh, going to be really good this year if they can sign some veteran talent that's like solid. Watch out for them. Okay. Yes, uh, with Trey Young making that superstar leap, uh, watch wow, John. He averaged, 30, uh, he averaged thirty points last year. Can you make a bigger leap? Right. No. I mean, he's like. I mean, he wasn't as okay. The, the things with Trey Young, and I, I criticize him is I don't think he gets his teammates involved enough. I don't think he pays enough attention yeah, to, uh, t- attention yeah, defensively. You know, that's an argument. Right, right, but if he gets those, uh, you know, the, he raises IQ, gets to the all the little basketball. Uh, but like things in his mind that make all the players great, you know, because you know you go from the first five years of your career being that young guy taking the mantle of the superstar, but then you become smarter. So we'll see if he can become smarter in his what is his third year, yeah. third year in the league. So yeah, I'm very excited yeah. to see Clint Capella in a Hawks uniform. I think he's going to be great there. On Yeka too. I, I think he's. I think he. I think he is the probably the best signer in this draft. Maybe outside Wiseman. I agree. I think it was despite the foot injury. I think the Hawks made the right pick here and got another man that they need. It's just the positional thing in this draft that I don't know why that happened, but it, it's fine. He, he's going to be great. So Jack mentioned something a few minutes ago. Uh, Ob on the Knicks. So look, I I really think. I really mean this to 100%. He's a great player. You know, he'll light up the garden. He'll sell tickets when COVID's over, obviously. He'll sell tickets. Uh, he's going to dunk he, he, He's, he's going to dunk on everyone. He's a really good post player. He was good at Dayton. He's good. He's really good. I'm not saying any of this to take away from him. Having that said, please, Knicks, please, everyone from the Knicks is listening to this, please get a point guard. Please. I've been saying this my entire life. They need a point guard. Anyone, anyone that can bring up the ball, create shots for themselves or for teammates would be the guy we need. Please, we don't need another forward. Obi's great, but we don't need him. We needed Halliburton. I wanted Halliburton. Please get Halliburton. Please get anyone. Lonzo, I don't care. Get a point guard. I'm begging the Knicks. I'm. This is my plea right now. Get a point guard. So, Jack, I know you're a Knicks guy, and having all that said, you know, you know just as well as I do, because you watch the Knicks, we both watch the Knicks our entire lives, that they need a point guard. So, what do you think of, you know, how Obi's going to perform in the Garden? And also, what do you think about the fact that they passed up on Tyrese? Yeah, well, here's the thing. I know the Knicks, they were very high on Obi. I understand. I feel like Thibodeau, he's in a kind of a, a win-now kind of move. Mm-hmm. I, don't know why, I don't know why they're doing that. 
here's what here's my thoughts on this. Do I think Obi? Like you said, Obi's a good player. He's you could say he's probably the most mature player. He's he's 22 years old today. You only see a lot of like 18, 19 year olds. You don't you don't see many people in the first round that are. Um, you don't see many right. top 10 Ex- that aren't one and done. Exactly. Today. Exactly. So I do think he's very good. Like you said, he's box. He's a he's a guy. He's going to sell tickets. He's exciting. He reminds me a lot of uh, shout out to Dean's Clippers. He reminds me a lot of an early Blake Griffin. Right. He's going to make dunks. He's going to make highlights. Absolutely. And probably he comes into he probably comes into the league probably with a better outside shot. Than Blake Griffin. He shot forty percent from three. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very very solid player, and yeah. I do think they're going to do this. They're going to probably get rid of Julius Randle after the season. I actually prefer Julius. I'd rather have Julius Randle play. Well, actually, no. Well, I'd rather have Julius Randle off the bench and let, let Obi play. I don't think that's going to happen. But I'm going to give Obi a chance. I think he's good numbers. Uh, question of how he develops. That's going to be the biggest thing. I do agree with you. They absolutely need a point guard. My only logical thinking here, I'm thinking of this as a Knicks fan, and we kind of agree. I kind of think we could have seen this last year. I think the Knicks will, will probably, they, if they want to be at their best, and especially to get their players to develop, mm-hmm. I think RJ Barrett needs to be on the ball more. Maybe right. they'll use him more. Like he, he's the guy who'll drive in and he kicks it out to shooters and vice versa. So maybe they'll do something like that. I'm also hearing, hearing rumors today that they're interested in Gordon Hayward. Depending on the amount of money, oh, I'm God. Not or against that, I gotta see the contract they offer. Yeah, him. that makes me worried because his last contract was thirty-four million. Yeah, so. if it's like a reasonable contract, not on that too long of a deal, I wouldn't mind it because, like, oh, just for this year, I'm looking at Gordon Hayward. I think he's a guy. Last year, he averaged eighteen points as a fourth option and shot forty percent from three while getting seven rebounds and five assists. Like, that's solid. That's he could be a great leader for the Knicks if it's on a short-term contract. Right. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe but also in terms of point guards, I know Fred Van Fleet's out there. I've heard they are interested in him. Maybe they try and package something for us for Russell Westbrook. No, no, no. I, no. I don't believe me. Okay, good. I was just gonna. That's a way, that's, that's stupid. I've just seen the Knicks do that mistake over and over again, where they give oh, up a bunch sure. of their future uh, assets for a win now move. It's, it's the Carmelo move. Right. That was the most, it's like right. the Carmelo move. We, we traded our entire team for a player we could have signed in three months. Right. <laughs> right. But anyway. I do like one thing. I will talk about the Knicks. Leon Rose. I don't, I don't know about how I feel about how the picks are going to turn out, but in terms of what he did, he did a great job. He had eight and twenty-seven. He turned twenty-seven into twenty-three, which he turned. He gave he got twenty-seven and thirty-eight for twenty-three, and turned that into twenty-five and thirty-three. Great. He did a very solid job there. I do like the point guard we took at the end of the at the end of the draft quickly. quickly. I think he's going to be good. And one thing I like, Tom Thibodeau, he has strived in the past at turning late-round picks into stars. Look at Jimmy Butler. Look at Nikola Mirotich. He knows how to he knows how to turn these guys into stars from late. He's good with player development with late guys. He just sees something in them. Right. I honestly thought that, that was a solid pick, Emmanuel, quickly at the end. And he's a Cal- – I believe he went to Kentucky, correct? He yeah, did. A, yeah, uh, another Calipari guy who Calipari could definitely thrive in the NBA. He played with Maxie in Kentucky. Um. Now, of course, if you're a Nick fan, you, and of course, you mentioned Lucas, you wanted a point guard with a number eight pick, uh, preferably Halliburton or someone. Right. But you get Obi Toppin, who he's a dynamic guy. He's a dynamic big man. He's playing for his hometown, which he'll definitely be fired up to play for the Knicks. So, do you think you know maybe this guy not only could be good, he could show that heart that the Knicks haven't had in years. You know, some a hometown hero. It's a good point. It's a good point. But yeah. also, like for example, and just before I quickly like, I agree with what you said there. Dean, he does want to come in and be like that hometown guy. If you're if you're the rookie that like comes in and you save the Knicks, you're a legend forever. Right. Like like Jeremy Lin. I mean, he just came in out of nowhere and lit up the garden for the first if time. If you do in... well in New York, you will become an icon. Jeremy Lin was good for two weeks. And he, like, he, he was a talk of... Mello ruined it. And Mello ruined it. 
as soon as Melo comes back, his Lin sanity's over. So That's it's a story for another day. Yeah, I'm just saying. You, you know, look. So look, look, look. I wish Obi nothing but the best, and I I think he's gonna be a good player. Honestly, if he lights up the garden, brings excitement back, that that's that's a start. But it's just it's so glaring to me. I don't think I'll I'll go as far as say this. There's no need in sports, American professional team sports, greater than the Knicks' need for a point guard, in my opinion. That they, they need they have needed a that too. But I'm just saying they they have needed a point guard since Walt Clyde Frazier in 1973. Like I'm telling you, they haven't had an MVP, all, even All Star level. Point, I mean, maybe all star, but MVP caliber point guard since the 70s. The 70s, like, think about that. So, I just think getting Halliburton, he could be like the next Shea Gilgis Alexander, which would be great. We should have got him instead of Knox, who's terrible, but that's another story again. <laughs> I know it's this is the life of a Knicks fan. Okay, okay, if, okay. I literally cannot talk about the Knicks anymore without being upset. So, I do want to move on a little bit here to the kind of the biggest winners and losers of this draft. So I think you know, just thinking about the draft now, it's been uh, it, it's it's been a full day since the draft. I think Philly had the most impressive draft, and not just draft in terms of trades. Like a, a, a most impressive day yesterday by far. They got Tyrese Maxey at twenty one, who in my pre in my mocks I had going in the twelve to fifteen range. So that was a really good value at pick twenty one, and he's a lottery level lottery level talent too. He reminds me of CJ McCollum, Lou Williams, people like that, like that score off the bench. Um, they got rid of their spacing issues by sending out Al Horford and Josh Richardson and bringing in Danny Green and Seth Curry. I mean, what were the Thunder doing? I mean, everyone's praising the Thunder, but they just took on the contract of Al Horford for a pick in five years, basically. Like, I don't know why the Thunder would do that, but that was a great trade for the 76ers. Getting Seth Curry will help their spacing. So I think a starting lineup of Simmons, Curry, Danny Green, Tobias Harris, and Embiid, that could be a finals contender because that's the spacing Simmons and Embiid needs. So, Philly, that's my biggest winner. The biggest loser, in my opinion, going back, I was talking about Jalen Smith before. I think it was Phoenix, personally. You just got Chris Paul to get paired with Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, and you have a, a young rising small forward in McCall Bridges. You have one hole to fill, pretty much, after trading Oubre, is the wing. Someone like Devin Vassell or Halliburton or anyone of that caliber, you know, six 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 seven guy that can play defense and shoot, would have slotted perfectly. It, right in that lineup, it created a very good lineup. Instead, they got Smith. You know, we talked about Smith before, but we probably won't even see the floor that much. So, just to recap, biggest winner, Philadelphia, who now I think is a championship contender, bonafide. Phoenix, biggest loser, I think they just kind of blew their chance at a significant playoff run. So, what are you guys' biggest winners and biggest losers, you know, you know, now that it's a full day after the draft? I mean... I want to say my biggest winner outside of Philly mm-hmm. is Detroit. I thought Detroit did well in this draft. They made some deals. They apparently bought a draft pick, which I'm pretty sure Sam Presti will into next year. Um, <laughs> Killian Hayes, I thought was a very good pick. I loved the Killian Hayes pick. I think him and Detroit could be him. And, I would love to see him and Derek Ro- uh, Rose. I was going to say Luke Kennard, but I'm not going to say that. Um, <laughs> no, I don't, don't want to no, get into that. Um, <laughs> I thought Detroit did really well in this draft. Detroit, you know, they got Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bey, who I thought was the biggest sleeper in this draft. Sadiq Bey was my sleeper pick, my under-the-radar guy. And for Detroit to get not only get their needs, but get the, to pick up the young talent and to make their deals, I thought Detroit did really well in this draft outside of Philly. Mm-hmm. Uh, my loser, I wouldn't say necessarily. I want to say the Bulls pick of Patrick Williams. I really didn't like that pick. I mean, like I said, maybe it could be good. Hopefully, I am wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really just thought there was better talent to get out there, especially Denny Advi- 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 on the board 
No, it's wow. Denny Avdija, that's better. <laughs> Denny Avdija on the board. I thought, you know, for a guy like that, and Pat Williams is a small forward too. He's six foot eight. He's player, an NBA body. That's 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 good. You got to take the best player out there, and Denny was on the board, and he was in the. I thought the Bulls were going to take him, and honestly, Washington getting him was a great pickup at number nine. But I'd say Chicago for that pick was my loser. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I do like, I do like what you said about the with like the Sixers, the Simmons with Simmons uh, and Bead. They're gonna have a Danny Green. Danny Green's a perfect fit for the Sixers. Three mm-hmm. and D, three and D guy. If Simmons can get him good shots. I think they'll be will count on them. I'm a little curious on how Curry's gonna fit there, but I do like Harris sliding back to the floor for them. Right. So I do like that a lot. Another winner I do have, though, I also I did kind of like what Brooklyn did. Brooklyn set themselves up in an interesting way with the trade they made. They acquired Landry Shamit. I think that was actually a very smart move for them because either way, they have so many. They give them so many options of what they want to do with him. For example, if they decide to keep him, it's another wing shooter that could shoot close to forty percent for KD and Kyrie, or he's a good young prospect. He's, he plays. He's a he's a little bit of an underrated defender in my opinion, and he can shoot forty percent from three. So this gives them an option if they want to try and go out and trade. For a guy like James Harden, they have another piece to put into that. So mm-hmm. that was a great move for them. Underrated move for sure. Yeah. Yeah, one of the very sneaky moves by the Nets. I like that a lot, even though it annoys me. But <laughs> uh, another uh, and my my biggest loser, you gotta say. Also, also the Celtics. The Celtics. Well, the Celtics getting Aaron Naismith. I think it was the biggest deal of the draft. You would say and that's the biggest deal. I think I think it was one of them. Mm-hmm. Naismith. He was projected to go like eight. They got him at fifteen. That was insane. I think. Right. Go ahead, Dean. No, no, I said I was. I agree. Okay, yeah, I, I would say so. Uh, okay, just to transition a little bit into our biggest steals, I'd say uh, Maxi at twenty-one for me. You know, uh, he he lit it up this past year at Kentucky. You know, he can score off the dribble, catch and shoot. Uh, his weakness comes on the defensive side of the ball, but I do think, as we've seen with Lou Williams, he's become a better defender throughout the course of his career. But if Maxi can be that Lou Williams guy for the Sixers, that that's all, that's all they need, you know. And he, that's the, literally under Doc Rivers, that's the perfect fit for Maxi. So I got him. Another another pick who I I was really surprised he went this late was uh, Trey Jones out of Duke. Um, I've been raving about him for months now. I think his on-ball defense is uh, among the best in this draft. And I wouldn't be surprised if I mean, okay, um, I was, I was first. I was going to say all defense team. That's a little too high of a prediction. I would say I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the best point guard defenders in this draft. I think he's going to be a great role player for years to come. I compared to I, I kind of I kind of compare him to a young uh, George Hill in a way. In that way, you know, r- r- really gritty on defense, high IQ player. So I'm surprised he went that late. Uh, anyone else? Uh, oh yeah, the other thing I was really surprised about. Um, Isaiah Stewart going at pick 16, I did not see that happening at all. I thought he was going to be late first round, early second round, because his game doesn't really fit the modern NBA. He's more of a back-to-the-basket, back, back uh, bruiser-type big man. So that was surprising to see him go in the top 16, but um, those are just two two big storylines I liked, if you guys want to. Yeah, another just one last guy I liked that was a steal mm-hmm. was um, RJ Hampton. That was a... Very nice add. Wait, I believe he, the Nuggets. The Nuggets acquired him. The Bucks yeah, drafted him, and then the Nuggets traded for him. Yeah. Yeah. At first, I thought it was the Pelicans. So that would have been, would have been awesome. But Nuggets is a good move. The Nuggets acquired, I believe, two point guards in this draft. Right? They acquired RJ Hampton. Who was the other one? I can't remember. I, no, there. they got this guy's this Zeke. I forgot his last name, but Zeke at pick twenty two, and then they traded for the twenty fourth pick. So I'm I'm not sure they got another yeah. point guard. Anyway, I feel like yeah. that was a good pick. He's a the Nuggets, I feel like they've taken out the, the end of the first round. They've taken a lot of guys that were rejected to go high early on. They had something go wrong or something like that. Their projects, like 
Bol Bol, like they did that last year with Bol Bol. I think Bol Bol is going to be really special. I really liked him last year. Right. I thought he was going to be something really special. Right. I think Arthur Hampton can be that, especially if they're if like last year you kind of saw Jamal Murray. I think they're maybe going to try and slide him into the two guard role. Maybe get a ball handler who's not more focused on scoring, but more so distributing the ball. Right. Not besides Jokic. Right. Um, I'd say my biggest deal was, uh, other than uh, Naismith, I really love the Naismith to the Celtics. Um, I, I really thought that was a really interesting pick. I I, I was going to say Kiara Lewis to New Orleans. I, I was about really to say loved, that. I was about to say I that. I really yeah. love Kiara Lewis to the Pelicans. Him with Brandon Ingram would be, and Zion Williamson will be very fun to watch. Um, right. Even Lonzo Ball, J.J. Reck, they still have some guys up there, of course. But Kiara Lewis... I want to go different now. You know, forget it. Kira Lewis is my steal, steal of the draft. I really love that. That's pick. a great. That, New Orleans perfectly. That's a great pick because he's one of the fastest players I've I've ever seen. I'm not even. That's not even an exaggeration. He is a lightning bolt. Like, like you know, a young D Rose, De'Aaron Fox, John Wall type player. I mean, I'm not saying he'll be at that level, but he is a. He can zip down the floor, so I think that'll work perfectly with Zion. I do have questions about his outside shot a little bit. But uh, he, in terms of fit, I, I think in, ter- in terms of fit, like Pelicans is is the ideal fit. He'll be throwing lobs to Zion for years to come, so that's a great pick. Yeah, they got a lot of young talent. This is going to be a fast-paced team. Yeah, exactly. So, well, I mean, I'm just really excited to see what's going to end up happening, uh, especially in New Orleans, Phoenix. You know, a lot of these young, uh, these young, uh, young up up and coming teams. You know, they're going to be really exciting and. Uh, Obi on the Knicks. We'll see what happens. But uh, the draft was great to watch, and it just gives you know, us NBA fans, you know, something to look forward to. And uh, the season's in a few weeks. Yeah, it's I think it's December twenty second, right? So that'll be great. Um, so kind of to stick on this uh, thought process of stuff to look forward to. Um, free agency is actually tomorrow on Friday. So uh, before we hop into that, though, uh, this morning the NBA world received really bad news. Uh, Clay Thompson did actually tear his Achilles working on Southern California. I think it was a team workout in Los Angeles. Uh, for Warriors and NBA fans alike, this is really upsetting to hear. You know, this news is Clay tore his his ACL in the finals last season, and he spent this entire season and all the months in you know since since COVID happened and end of February rehabbing. So he spends all this time rehabbing just to tear his Achilles right as the next season is about to start. I think it's it's just terrible. But I really think that, you know, if Clay, this never happened, if the starting lineup could have been Steph, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and Wiseman, that could have been, you know, I mean, we, we, we're, we're, we're going to have to wait and see how Wiseman is. You know, hopefully he's rookie of the year caliber. But if he is, and that's their starting five, that that could have been a finals team. I'm not saying they would have won, but they could have made it there. They could That that's, could be one of the best teams in the West. So we all hope Clay gets back. To healthy soon. This is just terrible news for everyone. So, having that said, you know, after the news came out this morning, what was your guys' reaction to the news, and how do you think this impacts Golden State's thinking going to next season? And before you answer, Golden State about an hour ago just got a Kelly Oubre in a trade, by the way. So, that can maybe help you answer. But how do you think that impacts Golden State's uh, mental uh, process going to the season? Um, just quickly, what did they give up? Kelly Oubre? Uh, I'm not exactly sure, but I just, uh, Woj said that they got uh, Oubre, uh, and I don't think that they're, I, I, I don't think the full details of the trade came out yet, but they, Golden State acquired Oubre, so. Well, in terms of Clay Thompson, mm-hmm. um, this is just, I feel so bad for the guy, he worked so hard to come back, um, 
I wish him the speedy recovery, and hopefully he'll be the same player we all remember next season. I don't know if that's going to be the case. Good thing for him, though, I don't think his offensive game is going to be destroyed. His best thing is his shot, obviously. He doesn't for his offense. He really he doesn't re- fully rely on his athleticism. It's more so of his jump shot. So he can still be streaky. Um, I do think his defense is going to take a step down. He's one of the best perimeter defenders in the game. Without question. So Without question. I do think that's going to now take him take a step back. I definitely think he's going to lose a step on the defensive end. But hopefully, he'll come back stronger. But the Warriors are now. I don't think. I think this takes them out of title contention. But I certainly do still believe like they'll be a playoff team. With Curry, with with if Curry, if Wiseman can be a rookie of the year caliber guy, mm-hmm. if, if he can be like a rookie of the year caliber player, Andrew Wiggins, he looked last year, he actually in his in his couple games that he played with the, the Warriors, he actually did look solid, and I do think Curry is going to do wonders for him. I thought he was going to take that Harrison Barnes role this year, but I do think he's going to have a good year. I think Curry because he's not going to have he's not going to be the guy that they rely on to score twenty five a game. That's going to be Curry. So I do think that's just going to take – I think he's going to be good as a secondary option. I like him. Uh, they still have Kelly Oubre Jr. He's going to – I think he'll fit in well. I assume Wiggins will now play the two guard instead of the three. All right. I also do like Eric Pascal off the bench for them. I do think they're definitely still going to be a playoff team, but I think this takes an out-of-championship contention. So, Dean, let, let me just ask you this question. Dean, do you think the Warriors can be in playoff contention with this news to Clay and their trade for Oubre? Do you think that they could be a playoff team in the West, which has improved from the bottom up in this offseason so far? Uh, I think they could be a playoff team. However, they're going to regress 100%. Um, I, I know Jack mentioned that they do have uh, Pascal coming off the bench. Andrew Wiggins is a decent player himself. Uh, they do get James Wiseman. Uh, they get the big man that they need. Mm-hmm. However, as an NBA fan, even though the Warriors are a rival of a team I like, it still pains to see a guy that I like from that team. Tr- just he, he comes off a torn ACL injury. He grinds. He grinds to try and make a comeback, and now he can't make that comeback because of his torn Achilles. And now the question is for Clay Thompson: How is he going to come back? You know, will he be the same player? Mm-hmm. And that's what scares me the most with him. Um, I think the Warriors will still be a playoff team. However, I think they're going to be like this will be a little harsh, but like the sixth to eighth seed. I think they're going to drop. And beforehand, honestly, if he didn't get hurt, I thought you know Curry, Clay. Uh, Draymond Green, James Wiseman. I thought they would even make a trade for Aaron Gordon. I said that on agree to disagree. I thought, you know, a lineup with that could definitely be a championship caliber team. But now with Clay out, I think that pulls that away. And now I think they're just a playoff team. Right. It's just, it's just so disappointing because uh, this team, you know, they have won championships in recent years, but, and I, Honestly, they're probably my least favorite team in all of sports, maybe maybe outside the Patriots. But um, it's just – what I was saying was it's just so upsetting because I wanted to see that team at full strength because finally you can look at the Warriors and be like, this is a fair team. You know, They don't have Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay, Like They don't have the whole – the best team of all time. Now it's – we really get to see Steph, you know, what he can do with just one other, you know, high-end all-star talent. Now – I think Steph should even get even more credit if the Warriors go go into the first or second round because if Steph can take this team without Klay Thompson, you know, let's say Steph, Oubre, Wiggins, Draymond, Wiseman, 
to the second round even, that cements Steph Curry as even higher on the all-time list. So I think this season for Steph, you know, this might be a crazy take. This might be Steph's most important season of his career so far because he can really prove to everyone what he can do. Uh, more, I don't want to say by himself, but as the clearly best player, not even far. I mean, not even close, the best player on his team. So I don't know if you guys want to speak to that. but Yeah, I was going to say, I forgot to add something. You mentioned Kelly Oubre. I do like the Oubre trade, although they will be taking on a solid amount of that contract. $14 million. yeah. But, oh, but I, 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 I just got the details. They're just going to take the contract. It's, it's nothing, I think, for a second-round pick or something, but the majority of the trade, they're just going to uh, take his deal into cap. So, cap space. I, I think Oubre, I like Oubre as a player, and I think he can definitely not fully help uh, fully fill the void, but he can definitely let his presence be known there. However, you mentioned, you know, if they make the playoffs, Curry deserves more credit. Yes, uh, I do agree with that, but, you know, there's other guys, too. I think James Wiseman can have a rookie uh, rookie of the year type caliber year, and he could also do his part with the Warriors. Now, I'm not saying he's bigger than Steph Curry, of course. I think Steph Curry's obviously the number one guy, as we all know, but uh, another con- uh, contributor if there, besides Steph Curry, I think, could be James Wiseman. Right. Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool, yeah. And uh, so um, kind of based off of that, you know, we see we, we, we just saw Kelly Oubre go to the Warriors, and we've seen a lot of trades. Nothing, you know, huge, nothing like Harden or Westbrook getting traded, but we have seen a good amount of activity. So who do you think is going to be, you know, one of my favorite trends to follow every single year is the team that sort of the uh, like the team the team that nobody expects to be good and win games, but they do. For example, the Oklahoma City Thunder last season, everybody expected. I think ESPN. There was an article that I think you guys mentioned on uh, on, on your show saying that they had a ninety nine percent chance to not make the playoffs uh, at the beginning of the season, and they ended up making it, which was amazing to me. So, what team do you think would will be the biggest surprise, sort of the OKC quote unquote of this season? I mean, I have teams. Maybe Phoenix, uh, the Pelicans after their draft, but who stands out as the team in either the West or the East that you that you can point to and be like, this team will shock the world and maybe even compete for a top five seed. That's that's a, that's a really good question. Yeah, um, that's a very good question. That's a very, came out sharp there, Lucas. Um, <laughs> now, of course, I'm not going to. How do I say this? I, I, they could make the playoffs, but I don't know about a top five uh, seed. I think a competitive team to watch will be the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, Anthony Edwards, D'Lo, uh, of course they have Balmero, who they got in a trade from the New York Knicks. Carl um, Anthony Towns. This Timberwolves team could be interesting to watch. From the West, I would say the Timberwolves. East, I might say Atlanta. Atlanta is definitely up there, but I, yeah, I'm going to go with Atlanta. I think Atlanta could compete for it. Top six, I'd say. See, I with Trey Young, uh, with a uh, Onyeka Okongwu, a big man. They got Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter, of course, young talent. Right. This Atlanta team, if they're fully healthy and they could play together, this will be a young, nasty team to watch. So I would say Atlanta. Atlanta, yeah. Yeah. Well, as much as my heart wants to say that because the East is weak, that the Knicks could maybe slip in as an eighth seed, I'm not going to do that. Even though I, I could dream, but. I don't expect that. Uh, I did say I like I like Atlanta a lot. If Atlanta can add some veterans, if they can add some veterans to support Trey Young and get some shooters in there, mm-hmm. and some of their players like DeAndre Hunter and Cameron can develop, I definitely could see. I could definitely see them potentially sneak into the second round. They could they could really shock the world. So I, I like I like Atlanta a lot. I do think Trey Young's going to take another step forward. Um, 
and I do think they have a good overall. They have a great group of core players. Um, another team that another team I could say, well honestly in the West in the West you could say the, pretty much anybody in that entire conference can make the playoffs. Really, right? There's not one team. You look at one team. There's really one team that doesn't. Well, obviously, there's title contenders. There's no team that's like you think they're not. You could look at it and say that's the team that's going to be at the bottom of the barrel. I'd like, say Sacramento, but I don't know. Yeah, but even so, like they like like well, they fought their way back. Like last year, they yeah. they were they got into the bubble. Like they, right. they had a strong end of the season. So right. you never know. It's it's going to be interesting. I, I do like New Orleans a lot. I do think they can. I think this year they'll definitely make the playoffs with Zion playing the full season. I do think Zion Williamson is going to win Most Improved Player this year. Hmm, that's so, a, I never heard anyone say that. That's an interesting take. Uh, I like that. That's... Yeah, just because he only played in a little bit last year. And I don't know. And I feel like he, they can do something special there. Stan Van Gundy, new head coach there. Right. I think he's got something to prove that he can still coach in this league. So I like the Pelicans, but I like the Hawks. And I like the Knicks, but I don't want to say that. I like the Knicks too, but um, it's just a pipe dream like it always is. Tom Thibodeau, we're going to win championships. Of course, of course. <laughs> Play your players 46 minutes a game. Let's go. Uh, hey, at least he's going to get Mitchell Robinson on the court. All right. I mean, just Fizz could never do that. But. Oh, my God. I was, looking, I was watching the ESPN highlight today. I was watching like, an ESPN thing on the draft. Did you see that, like, afro? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is going on with that? I man? saw that like, on Instagram. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> let's, um, that's funny. But, I, I, yeah, I saw it on Instagram. Um, so let's jump to next season. So we're kind of talking about next season a little bit. I think that, you know, just looking at looking ahead a little bit, you know, and then months to come, I think that next season will be the best in recent memory. Kevin Durant will be back, hopefully full steam. LeBron will be on his, you know, um, uh, kind of tour, I guess that's what I call it to defend the crown His revenge tour or whatever, whatever. I mean, I just saw sports center say that, uh, Luca will be in the MVP hunt. And um, Miami will look to prove that their finals run was not a fluke, which it was a little fluky, but at the same time, they're definitely in the mix for the finals again. So what do you guys think, you know, in terms of, you know, who's going to win the championship and uh, or just overall how the season is going to play out? How do you think things are going to play out? Do you think Los Angeles is, is going to repeat? Do you think that Dean's Clippers is going to not choke and maybe actually for once in their franchise's career, uh, lifespan fulfill expectations. Not didn't mean to be harsh there, but I just had to get that out. It's okay. I'm used to this. Right. So I'm just, okay. So my main thing is, right, right, right. So I'm just, just to finish what I'm saying, uh, I'm really hoping to see Philadelphia win a championship. You know, I really like the Sixers. They're a very close second favorite team to me. Nick's always been my number one, but I'd love to see the Sixers win. And I really want to see Paul George come back and have a bounce back year. Cause he does have a hell of a lot to prove, Dean. He does. You know, he has to get back to that OKC MVP status. So, what do you guys think is going to play out just uh, big picture? Like, do you think that all the things I'm saying will come true? Do you think LeBron will fall off? Or, like, or not fall off, but like not win? What, what do you guys think? Uh, I don't think the Lakers repeat. They definitely can, but uh, this year, I, I don't know why. I just don't see it. I think the NBA will be more competitive this year. There's going to be more parity, there's going to be better teams the Lakers will be facing this year. Right. Um, I, I wish I could say the Warriors as much as I don't like them, but that's out the window in my opinion. But you know, you got teams like the outside the Lakers. You got the Clippers. You got the Nuggets who loaded up this draft and they're going to be busy in the offseason. You got the Clippers. You got the Sixers, as you mentioned, Lucas. I like. Uh, you got the Sixers. You got the Bucks. You, even Brooklyn's going to be back this year. Mm -hmm. uh, you got a lot of teams. Miami will be interesting to watch too. But 
it's really interesting to see what happens. I mean, I can't really predict. Uh, I hope the Clippers, for my sake and my luck's sake, uh, don't choke, although I'm not going to count on it because uh, sometimes that's what you're just used to as Jack shows. (laughs) Um, There's certain things in in life that you're used to, and this is one of them. So I can't can't get my hopes up, but I would really love to have Paul George. uh, I would love to see him have a bounce back here. He needs to get back to that OKC He has a lot to prove. He's really talented, but he certainly has a lot to prove. A lot to prove is correct. This year, I gotta say, Lucas, I agree with what you said. This year, there's a lot of exciting, uh, gonna be a lot of exciting. Well, depending on how some trades are gonna, some trades go, what's gonna happen with Houston this right. off season? Do they keep Westbrook and Harden? Do they trade them and go into a rebuild? That's gonna be an interesting. But like in terms of when the season starts, there's gonna be a lot of interesting storylines. Will KD be the same? Will LeBron defend his crown? Are the Warriors? Are the Warriors? Is it? Is it? Is the dynasty dead, or is it just on pause? Like again, like if they, people said it was last year. But the biggest storyline that I'm going to be watching this year is going to be on Milwaukee. This season, this season completely is going to remind me of 2000 and 2009, 2010, LeBron James, when his last season in Cleveland. And all the eyes were on him of what he was going to do. This year, they made an all-out thing. They went after Drew Holiday. They cost themselves their future. If Giannis has died to leave, they cost themselves their future. So it's going to be interesting to see how that holds out. Does Giannis leave? Is Giannis saying, if we don't win a championship, I'm gone? So that's going to be an exciting storyline to watch for as well. I just, okay, I just want to say something. I, I think something you just said was like so accurate. I think this season and the 2009 10 season, LeBron's last in Cleveland, are uh, so comparable between Giannis yeah, and Le- It's literally the same thing because LeBron made the finals. Uh, and got swept by Tim Duncan in the Spurs in 2007. But he had had some success with a subpar supporting cast. Now, Giannis' supporting cast uh, currently is better than LeBron's was 10 or 12 years ago in, Cleve- in Cleveland. But at the same time, he both of them still hadn't really got had that signature moment of either making a finals or winning one. So I think that this might be you know the year for Giannis to either prove himself as a bona fide top three, top five player, or he's going to have to go somewhere else and try to win somewhere else because he can't do this every single year where he's, you know, he wins the MVP, he has everybody excited, and then when it comes time to ball, he runs into a wall of three seven-footers and he can't do anything because we've seen that. That happened in Toronto. Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka, he couldn't shoot over them, and they just left him to shoot, and Kawhi locked him up. So I just, he needs to elevate his team. You know, that's what Jalen Rose said, I think, last year. He said... Winning has to come into has to come into account at some point when you're looking at the all-time greats list. So he has to elevate his basketball team. He has no excuse. He has one of the best defenders in the league in Drew Holiday now. So he really has no excuse. Chris Middleton. So he he has to win. Like he has to make the finals this season, or I think he's gone. That's my opinion. I agree. Yeah, very well possible. Right. So uh, kind of what I was saying before we uh, we had this conversation. Uh, free agency started. It's going to start tomorrow on Friday. So, you know, usually uh, in non-COVID years and in most years, regardless of COVID or not, uh, free agency is something that I really look forward to, both as a Knicks and NBA diehard fan. But this year, honestly, I would go as far to say is the weakest free agent class of my entire life. There's just really nobody that moves the needle that much. I mean, sure, you got Montrez Harrell, Fred Van Fleet headlining this class. Um, Anthony Davis is technically a free agent, but everybody and their mother knows that he's going to go back to Los Angeles where he just won a championship. So, Jack, uh, I want to ask you a question first since we're both Knicks fans. A lot of Knicks circles and Knicks writers and Knicks pages have 
uh, Fred Van Fleet going to the Knicks at around 20 million a year, maybe a little more, maybe a little less, but roughly 20 million a year to be our point guard. Do you want that to happen? Do you want the Knicks to, let's say, sign a five-year, $110 million Van Fleet deal for us, him to become the point guard we kind of need? So that's my first question to you. No. Do I like Fred Van Fleet? Yes. Do I think he can play this game? Absolutely. Last year, he averaged close to 18 points. He shot the ball from three well. He's a champion. He brings playoff experience. Is that good? Yes. But you don't spend that kind of money, especially on a team where you have a bunch of young talent. You need to kind of what the Nets did. They got a, they got young, good talent, and then they got A-plus free agents to come to them. This is not an A-plus free agent guy. Right. So I don't like that. Do I think he would help us? Yes. But he's small. He doesn't really, he's not a great defender. But it's just not going to do us great in the long run. What I think the Knicks, the Knicks approach should be this offseason – Almost sort of a sense of they did last year. It didn't really work out. They tried to sign veterans. They signed veterans, but not veterans that are leaders. Like, I would sign the guys, for example, like, I'm just saying, like, I hope they don't sign him to a super long deal, but, like, I wouldn't mind having a Gordon Hayward because I said Gordon Hayward's a guy that would be a leader for this franchise. He can teach the young guys, and he'll still and he's still going to be productive. So, I, I like guys like him. That's a good, like, a good way to say He can fit right into that role like Kevin Knox is supposed to be. So that's the kind of move I would like to see the Knicks kind of make. So would you want to see this, let's say, a five-year, $100 million deal uh, that I was talking about for Van Fleet? Would you be fine with them giving that to Hayward tomorrow? It's kind of tough. I do like Hayward a lot. I do think he still has a lot he can, he can play. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he moves the needle for, like, for example, I don't know if he, they can get a – well, it's going to be interesting. If he can come in, he can have a great season. Because, like, let's just say last year he was averaging 18 points as a fourth option comes in he's the main man he can average 25 maybe that interests another guy in the league who wants to come play with him but right. but i don't know but I, I wouldn't say i wouldn't hate it i wouldn't love it so i would like some short-term deals with veterans that are the veteran that with solid veterans that have played and they're and they're leaders and they're not willing to veterans that understand what the role is going to be like like julius randall julius randall was signing this deal like he was thinking he was going to become like a third team all and like a second team all nba guy like no you're not going to be that. That was unrealistic. Yeah. You're not going to be the main man. Like, you're not a main guy. You're a third option at best. Don't try and do that. Get guys that know how to play. Like, that's is my opinion. One move I would love to see this offseason, I think it would be so, like, just such a great moment for, like, fans. I'd love to see if DeMar DeRozan re-signed with Toronto. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, he, 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 belongs, he belongs on the Raptors. They're, gonna lose a lot, they're losing a lot of guys. They're losing Gasol, they're losing Ibaka. They might, might as well sign one huge guy to go with Siakam. And, and DeRozan would fit perfectly back in. And Lowry, with Lowry, yeah. So. Yeah, you know, if they lose Van Fleet, if they lose Gasol, and they lose Ibaka. Right. So, Dean, um, I want to go to you now. So, you are a uh, very famous, or actually, might I say, infamous Clippers fan. Uh, so I know that this off season and every off season is you know, really important to the Clippers and, you know, because since, especially since they're a championship contender, every move, even on the margins could have huge impact on their success. Uh, even more so than a team like the Knicks, because, you know, they don't have a lot of money to move around. So they got to kind of make moves where they can. So having that said, um, Harrell is one of the, I'd say a top three, top five free agent this off season. Do you want to see the Clippers re-sign him at a premium cost? Would you be fine letting him walk? Because un- unquestionably, he was outplayed by uh, Z- Zubak in the playoffs this past year. Z- Harold couldn't guard anyone, couldn't really get a shot up over Jokic. So what do you want to see the Clippers do with Harold? Would you be w- would you be fine letting him walk, or do you want to see them re-sign him? Um, 
So I, I love that you mentioned I'm an infamous Clipper fan. I'm not Clipper Daryl, but it, close enough. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I wanted them to trade for a guard. They got the wrong guard from Detroit. I didn't mean Luke Kinner, uh, Kennard. I meant Derek Rose. Um, I would love for the Clippers to get someone uh, at point guard. They need someone to help run the offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought a guy like Derek Rose, who could still be out there, a guy like CP3, who there was a report that he actually wanted to go to the Clippers now that Doc and Austin aren't there no more. Right. But and I, I would have loved to see that. Honestly, as a Clipper fan, it pained to see not only, uh, not only him to go to a different team in the division, although I'm happy for Phoenix, that he actually wanted to come back. You know what I mean? Like It's not like he's never going to come back. He wanted to come back, and he knew that the team he was he wanted to be back with was going to be better than the one that he was with, with Blake and EJ. Uh, I would love for the Clippers to get Derrick Rose or another point uh, trade for another point guard, not named Russell Westbrook, because um, that just won't work. Uh, and, and get a big man. After watching the Denver Nuggets series, it, it stresses me. I don't know how to say this. I'm trying to wear this to my best ability. It, it doesn't stress me more enough. I'm, I'm probably butchering this. I think you get what you get. What I'm trying to say. Right. I, I it do. stresses me out that the Clippers don't have that premier big man. They got exposed by Nikola Jokic. Even when Plumlee was in the game off the bench here and there, he still made a solid impact. They didn't have the big man. Yes, Harold played most of the time over Zubak, although Zubak played better defense on Jokic. Much but better. Harold doesn't have the size. Harold cannot... Even Jokic, I think, himself said that Zubak played better defense than Harrell or was tougher matchup. Yeah. I would start Zubak, but I still think the Clippers need a big man. They need depth that big man, too. But the main thing is a point guard. They need someone to help run that offense. Now, uh, Rondo would be nice, of course. Playoff Rondo has hit different in the past and even this year, too. I would love to see Rondo. However... <laughs> I think the Clippers need more of a guy besides Rondo, like Derrick Rose, uh, or if he was still available, Chris Paul. Would you no. would you take a Jeff Teague or a DJ Augustine, or is that not <sighs> is, is that not good enough? No, definitely not. Um, Derrick Rose. I, I'm not confident in a guy like Jeff Teague or DJ Augustine. Right. Um, I, I would rather, like I said, rather someone get us. They get some like Rose or another point guard that can help. Van Vliet may not be bad. I will admit Van Vliet could be solid. However, I think they need someone more pure. And I think Derek Rose is more pure. Don't, and, uh, didn't you guys? Cruz. Didn't you guys just get Reggie Jackson though? Like I, they do have Reggie Jackson. He's off. He's off the bench. I think he's a shooting guard too. Is he under contract? Uh, he's. I think he's an RFA. Right. I, th- I think he is too. But um, I thought you guys just picked him up, and that was supposed to be your point guard like play right there. I love them too. I would love to have Reggie Jackson back, but I still think they need another guard. Uh, Man, if y'all could get prime Darren Collison. I used to love Darren Collison in the 2014 playoffs, I think. I, I, he provided a big spark. You need someone like that. That's, I agree. So. That team is so good. Right now. The Darren Collison, Chris Paul, Blake, yeah, Matt Barnes. I love that. Lob City. But they never made it past the second round. They're, they couldn't say healthy. They choked, and their egos got the best of them. 2015, they were up 3-1 against Houston, and they blew they blew four straight fourth quarters. I, you remember that? James Harden didn't even Not play. the first time that they blew a 3-1 lead. <laughs> it's the second time under Doc. Yeah, the second time is Doc. Second time under Doc. Doc has thrown three, uh, 3-1 leads in general. Two of them with the Clippers. And one with Orlando. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. And, uh, only Doc can pull that off. Um, third time's a charm, I guess. Uh, but yeah, the Clippers need a guard. They need a point guard specifically, and they they need to target a big man. 
uh, like I said, that playoff game, that playoff series against the Nuggets really showed their flaws. And yes, they have Kawhi, but I don't think Kawhi could run through this offense. They need a guard that can help facilitate the floor. Rondo is a good facilitator. I would love for to, for them to have someone like that. So, Jack, um, I want to ask you: Do you think Ty Lue was the right hire for the Clippers? Since we're on the Clippers, no, I don't like Ty Lue at all. I think he's an absolute puppet. Shout out to Noah Schwartz. <laughs> Doors Ty Tyron Lowe for some reason. But <laughs> yes, um, I Tyron Lowe, he's, he's his career without LeBron James, he holds an 0-7 record, including I think two including a loss to, to the led by Henrik Ellison Ellison Knicks. Oh my god. So, I don't like Ty Lue at all. I don't think he's a good coach whatsoever. I don't But he's a champion. He's a champion though, right? I mean he was LeBron's puppet. LeBron was ha- LeBron had him in the back pocket his whole time. So then, why can't you say that about Eric Spolstra or anyone really? Eric like, Spolstra's Pat Riley's guy. LeBron wanted Eric Spolstra fired. He did. He Eric Spolstra, especially this year too. Although it was mainly Jimmy Butler, still, I, I after this year, I still give Spolstra a lot of credit and respect. Yeah. But also, but, LeBron, LeBron did want him fired. I remember I think LeBron wanted Riley to fire him and come back on the bench. Yeah, I mean, LeBron gets, I mean, it's not really LeBron, it's Le GM, I think, because he basically gets what he wants. I mean, but at the same time. Yeah. I just think, you know, a guy, guy like Ty Lue is going to let someone, like, knowing how, like, as uh, me and uh, Jack said, uh, although Noah loves Ty Lue, I don't love Ty Lue. I wanted them to get somebody else. Um, but I just think this is, Ka- this is Kawhi is going to be the coach of this team. I, I don't want to say that. I love Kawhi, uh, but. I feel like he's going to let the superstars run this team. Now, Go ahead. I love the assist. Sorry, Lucas. No, I was just going to quickly. That, that, that. Right, yeah, I love, I love Chauncey Billups. I love Kenny Atkinson. Chauncey Billups is good. I love the assistant coaching staff, but I don't like the guy that's in charge of all this. I would love to see Chauncey Billups be a head coach. Cause as Me much too. As, much as we don't like it, the Clippers, the Clippers last year, the thing they lacked when you look at them was effort. Chauncey Billups was a champion on a team that was built on effort. Yeah, no, I was just I was just gonna say like I don't think really just to your point, Dean. I don't really think that Kawhi like is the type of personality or ego to take the reins from a coach. I mean, yeah, I, he, I agree, one hundred percent. He basically like, just like, sits Shea, back I and thought, I think the superstars are gonna run this team. Also, I will say this: I think they're gonna regret trading Shea Gildas Alexander for a long time. I one hundred percent agree. Like yeah. he, that kid is. Oh my! If he was on the breakout year, Dean for playoff P. Side of the backboard. Uh, side of the backboard playoff or pandemic P, really. Yeah, pandemic P. But, uh, all right, guys. So, um, I think this wraps it up. We are approaching an hour here. But, um, I just want to quickly say again, uh, please check out their show. Um, uh, it is, uh, Excellent analysis. I love listening to it. It's called Agree to Disagree. I love it. Please check it out. Uh, I really want to thank both of you guys for being on. And uh, the episode will be up Friday at noon. So I really appreciate your guys' time again. Thank you for having us. Thank you.